0: Welcome to Lompoc Foursquare Church's podcast. Enjoy the message. It's good to have all of you here. Uh, somebody posted yesterday on Twitter, I thought it was great, they said, if you want to honor the memory of people on 9-11, live like you did on 9-12. Uh, This, by the way, this place was packed to the gills. Um, For the next probably eight or nine weeks after 9-11, you couldn't get a seat here. And uh, people would come early. And sometimes people would come during the morning and during the evening just if they they wanted to come in and pray. Um, I remember on 9-11, we had a a prayer service that night. My my wife, Debbie, was watching the news, and all these churches were listed on uh, KUYT and KCOY as being open for prayer not, that night. Not one in Lompoc was listed. So um, she called the the TV station to say, um, Four Square's open. I said, Honey, what are we gonna do? Like a service? And she said, That's for you to figure out. So... <laughs> Uh, We did, and and I invited some of the local pastors, and this place was packed to the gills. People just wanted to be able to pray. So uh, as we just did, continue to pray, and not just for 9-11 and 20 years later, but our country needs prayer today like never before. And it's not anything political, it's just very biblical that we would pray for our country. We would pray for those in authority over us. and um, But now I want to just ask God to help you with what we're going to talk about this morning. And what we're going to talk about, again, is John chapter 14. So if you have a Bible, you'll want to turn there, John 14. And we've been talking about the way forward. Re- remember, Jesus is about to be arrested, the Garden of Gethsemane. He's about to to be sentenced to the cross. Uh, he's about to leave his disciples, and so he's starting to tell them some very, very important things, like in John 14:1. "Don't let your hearts be what? Be troubled. Jesus knows that they're troubled. And he calls it out. Can I tell you what happens when you get really close to the Lord? I mean, really close to him, he calls out to you or convicts you of what you're already thinking about. Because remember, he knows what we have need of before we ask. He knows our thoughts. He knows our way. He knows every, man, he knows what you're thinking about while I'm preaching. He knows how many times you already tuned me out. He knows. He knows that some of you in about 4.3 minutes will start to think about what's for lunch. He knows that. And those of you online that are like scrolling at other places, he, he knows everything that's going on right now. Does that comfort you? <laughs> sure. He knows, parents, the concern you have for your kids. Even if you don't wear it on your face or share it with them, he, 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 he knows. And so he'll say, don't let your hearts be troubled to people that are troubled. And why not? They spent three years with him, watching him do miracles. Teaching like no one's ever taught. And here's, in essence, what he said. It's in your notes. Don't allow trouble to trouble you. In other words, you're gonna have trouble. John 14, he says it. Later in John 16, kind of like a bookend of this upper room discourse, he says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. By the way, the word in the Greek there is not just trouble, it's much trouble. Trouble, lots of trouble. Now, there are other words that John could have used here, like annoyance or frustration in the Greek. Doesn't use any of those. That's not the word. He's referring to a word that refers to deep pain. In this world, you'll have deep pain. Are you excited about that? But isn't it great that we serve a Savior who's not as spiritually minded as some of the people who follow him. Let me me say it again. There's a lot of people who in Jesus' name say, you'll never have any problems in life. Everything you want will come to you. Just trust in the Lord. And Jesus doesn't say that. He says, you're going to have deep trouble in this world, but I want you to know something. You can take heart. In other words, don't let your heart fall apart. Why? Why? Would you read it? I have... I've overcome the world. So when we put our trust and our hope and our faith in Jesus, we're putting our trust, hope, and faith in someone who's overcome this place. Pretty amazing. And he actually says it before he dies and before he's crucified. Pretty cool. They don't understand the resurrection yet. They don't get it. But in this moment, he's making a connection with all things that he's done miraculous in their presence and all things he's about to do in his resurrection and post-resurrection ministry. Peter doesn't know as he's hearing Jesus say in John 16, 33, take heart, I've overcome the world. Peter doesn't know yet that he's going to deny the Lord three times. Not yet. And he doesn't know that the Lord's going to come and have breakfast with him on the shoreline and reinstate him back in the ministry. These are things that they don't know. But Jesus knows. And in the middle of it all, he says, I want you to know that there's going to be trouble in life. You could go back in your mind to John 11 when he goes to see Lazarus. Remember his friend in the shortest verse of the Bible, Jesus wept. The word um, that Jesus used to describe that scene is the same word in the Greek he uses here for trouble. And the word here literally means it's a weighty matter. It's the weight of life that's on his shoulders and he feels it. That's why when the writer of Hebrews says we have a high priest who can be touched with our infirmity because he's gone through it all, don't ever think for one moment that Jesus hasn't gone through the weightiness of trouble don't ever think for a moment jesus hasn't gone through the betrayal of friends one of his friends so called friends judas even washed his feet jesus washed judas's feet knowing that judas would betray him think about that so jesus has experienced all of these things yet i've got to add it has never sinned john 13, when Judas leaves to betray Jesus, the word that that Bible uses in that moment is that same word again, the weightiness, the trouble that he's experienced. But Jesus says, don't let your heart be torn to pieces. Now, I was moved yesterday, like many of you, to just think about 9-11, and I'm so grateful that there were expressions all over on, on the media that many of the mainstream channels were Showing and viewing the readings of all the names of people that were fallen and in our county, in our city, and all over. There were little pop-up honorings. There was a, a, a small gathering at our fire station here and at the one on uh, Station 31 up at Burton Mesa in the county and down in Santa Barbara and out on the base. There were all these memorials, and I'm grateful for that. And I, I saw the hearts of people And as they read the names of the fallen, I I watched some of the pictures, you probably did too, of family members who, when their name was read, they held up the picture that was laminated of their family member and the lostness of people, the, the weight of life itself. And yet in all of that, Jesus says these words, don't let your heart be troubled. Then what does he say? He says this word. Believe, believe. Uh, Lord, I want to put myself in the picture of the disciples here and say, Lord, um, what do you want me to believe? Well, Jesus said, believe in God, believe in me. What he's trying to get them to grasp is he wants them to believe everything that he's saying. Why? 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 Because he's making a promise to them. He's making a commitment to them. He's letting them know that they can believe in God, that they can trust in God. See, belief keeps trouble from being troubling, and unbelief makes trouble especially troubling. Now, I know you didn't get up this morning early to come to church to hear that statement, so let me, let me read it again. Belief keeps trouble from being troubling. Jesus never said trouble's not coming, he never said there's not going to be weightiness that's going to be upon your life. He, he never said you're not going to face physical difficulties or economic difficulties or relationship difficulties. But what he did say is, if you believe, it will keep trouble from troubling you. While all this is going on, there's a, there's a peace inside of our soul that, that makes no sense at all. It drives me crazy because I know some of you And I know people of faith, friends that I have, that just, it's like they're always even keel. How do they do that? Well, Jesus says the answer would be in just believing Him and trusting Him. I think about a time in Israel's history, they were uncertain times. Uh, Remember, they were bound by the Egyptians, life was not good. And in Exodus 14, they're out in the wilderness with Moses, and they're doing what the Israelites do best. They're complaining again. Did did, did we not say to you in Egypt, leave us alone? They're talking to Moses. We don't want your leadership. We don't like your mission. We don't like your vision. We would just rather be here and serve the Egyptians, for it would be better for us to serve the Egyptians than to die out here in the wilderness. You're leading us into a wilderness wandering that we don't want to go into. And Moses answered the people, I I could hear this. Do not be afraid. (laughs) Stand firm and you will see the deliverance of the Lord that he'll bring you today. Isn't that great? And the Egyptians you see today, you'll never see again. And the Lord will fight for you. You need to, what? Just be still. You like his advice? Well, it's good advice, except it's not from God. Now, not the part that the Lord won't fight for you, but, but watch. You, you need only be still. Look at the next verse, verse 15. But then the Lord said to Moses, why are you crying out to me? Tell the Israelites to, to move on. <laughs> Moses, we're all going to be still. The word of the Lord. <laughs> yes, the word of the Lord. We heard the word of the Lord. And then the Lord speaks his word, get moving. I just thought that's cute. Maybe you don't, but I I do. I'm a leader, I understand. We're all going right. And then God says, we're going left. (laughs) It's gonna be green. God says, it's gonna be red. Moses says, be still. God says, keep moving. By the way, if they would have gotten to a place of being still, when the Red Sea parted, they would have never seen their deliverance. They would have died when Pharaoh and the army was right behind them. The only way they got to cross the Red Sea was because they moved. And I know a lot of people, not you, none of you, not even our nine o'clock service, none of them, not even you online, but I know a lot of Christians who really wanna be still right now and let God do all the work. By the way, the harvest is ripe. Good morning. The laborers are few, and the harvest will not self-reap. Think about it. If you know anything about farming, I know a little bit. When the crops are ripe and ready to be picked and plucked, the crops never pick and pluck themselves. The harvest is never self reaped Somebody goes out there and reaps the harvest, whether it's by hand or by machine, but someone has to do it. Huh. Ever had fruit on a tree or on a vine that rotted? And the birds got it or just fell to the ground, rotted down? I've seen apple orchards like that where they weren't harvested and all these apples are on the ground and they're rotting and the worms are having a field day. Huh? Our world is a harvest field, and it's ready for harvest, and it doesn't happen just because we're still. It happens because we move. Belief allows us to be still without being stopped. Oh, I like that. Pastor B, that was really good. Belief allows us to be still without being stopped. In other words, my heart is still, and my heart is calm while I'm still moving, and I'm still doing I'm still raising my kids, I'm taking care of them. I'm I'm still engaged in my work, I'm taking care of that. I'm, I'm engaged in family and relationship, I'm working on my marriage. But inside my soul I am still because I know that he's God and he doesn't, he doesn't, he doesn't want me to be overwhelmed by life itself. He wants me to have his peace that passes all understanding because being still is an inside job. It's not being still and do nothing. It's being still while you're moving. It's being still and confident of a good God in us while we're sharing our faith with other people, while we're praying for people, and while we're loving those. And as Pastor John led us even in prayer for our enemies. So Jesus has not left us alone. This is good news. John 14, 16 to 18. And I will ask the Father and he will give you uh, another advocate, this, this word another is not different than, other than, the word literally means the same as. In other words, I'm gonna send you the Holy Spirit and he's just like me. If you've seen the Father, you've seen me. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. If you've experienced the Holy Spirit, we're all the same. We're all about a couple of things. A relationship with you, and empowering to do what you cannot do on your own. And the ultimate, the big one, we're all about saving your soul because of the blood of Christ. See, another advocate to be with you forever, not just for a while, but forever. And he he goes on to say that the world cannot accept him because it neither sees him or knows him, but you know him for he lives where? Now, would any of you wanted to raise your hand at the table? I would have. Um, Jesus, I don't get it. You've been with us. We've hung out with you. We sang kumbaya together. We held hands one night. Remember that? We ate fish. Come on. But what does he say? I'm going to live where? Where? In, 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 in you? Uh, excuse me, Lord? How do you get in? Is there some special zipper? I mean, what do you... Lord... See, Jesus wants to tell them here in this moment that the Holy Spirit of God is gonna live inside of them. Later in John 15, he'll talk about the vine and the branches and we are in him and he's in us and the Father's in him and the Father's in us and uh, all this in kind of stuff. That we're not alone. That he is with us, He's, he's in us. And I love the fact that the promise that Jesus makes is a good one, why? why? Because a promise is only as good as the one making the promise. This promise is as good as Jesus himself. If you believe in Jesus, don't you dare miss his promise. that no matter what you go through in life, you will never be alone. You might feel like you're alone, but you'll never be alone because he will be with you. And by the way, he will be in you. That's why it's our responsibility to daily pray this prayer. Holy Spirit, live in me today. I invite you to live in me. When when Paul the Apostle says that we're to be filled with the Holy Spirit, that's a continual word that means we constantly ask for the Holy Spirit to be with us. Why? Because the Holy Spirit's available. Available to, 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 to all of us. Every one of us have the ability to have the Holy Spirit with us. John 16, 7, we'll see that in a couple of weeks. But, but very truly, I tell you, it is for your good that I'm leaving you. Can you imagine? Again, they've left their livelihoods. They've left their families to follow Jesus. They've been with him for three years. They've seen the miracles. They heard his teaching. No one taught like him. Now he says, it's a good thing that I'm leaving you. I would raise my hand again. See, Jesus wouldn't have wanted to pick me for one of his original disciples. I would have too many questions. Lord, how can you say it's good for you to leave us? We love you. We we, 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 we left everything to follow you. We've obeyed you the best we can. But now you're saying, unless I go, the, the advocate will not come to you? But if I go, I will send him to you? And then in verse 16 of John 14, he says, I, I will ask the Father and he will give you another, another just like me to help you and he will be with you forever. Many of you know these words, the word counselor, the word comforter, the word uh, paraclete or Parakaleo to draw up alongside you. In other words, when you're going through life and maybe you're limping a little bit, he'll come alongside you to assist you to the rest of your journey. You don't ever have to go it alone. The Lord will be with you. You will not ever be under your own power. This word is used five times in the New Testament and four times it's used by Jesus. And he used the word the night before he was crucified. What message would be more important? And here it is. Don't ever feel that you have to do this alone. I will be with you and I will send the Holy Spirit to you. Now I want you to think for a moment with me of everything the disciples needed to know. Because he's gonna tell them later on, remember it's quoted in Acts 1.8, you'll receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. He's gonna to talk to them about the dunamis, the, the, the dynamite of God, the power of God. He's gonna to talk to them about the charismata, the spiritual gifts. He's gonna to talk to them about all this divine enablement that they will need in order to go into all the world and preach the gospel. He's going to say that to them later, but, but now what does he do? He tells them what they need to know in the moment. And here's my main thought for today: that whatever you're facing today, God specifically has what you need for this moment. You know, He tells them in this chapter as well, they're gonna do greater works than Jesus ever did. I would have raised my hand again at the table. Lord, what do you mean, greater works? We, we we saw you raise the dead, we 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 saw you spit in the mud and heal somebody's eye, we 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 saw you go boo, 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 and all of a sudden the guy could hear. You're saying we're gonna do greater works? And that's what he said. And again, they're not like me, so they don't ask any questions. I would have asked that question. But Jesus doesn't pinpoint the miraculous in this moment. He doesn't pinpoint the fact that they will be given supernatural enablement by the power of the Holy Spirit. What does he say to them? Don't let your hearts be troubled because he knew they were. And don't you dare for a moment feel that you'll ever be alone because I'm sending someone to be with you. Those are the two big issues on the table. And, and I just want to like, like lovingly tell you this morning that whatever you need from the Lord right now, specifically for you, that's what he wants to provide. But what do you mean you're not going to talk more about building the church? And what do you mean you're not? No, he doesn't. In this moment, he says, you're never going to be without anyone alongside you. In this moment, he never, he, he tells him, you will have peace because I'm with you. Don't let trouble trouble you. Just, just, just believe because I am, I'm there. I'm with you and I'm for you. I wrote this phrase out and I'd love you to read it with me. It says, my confidence is in Christ and Christ alone because his spirit lives within me. I can do everything he calls me to do. Could, would you say it again? My, my confidence is in Christ and Christ alone because his spirit lives in me. I can do... Mm. Now, there's somebody here because you were thinking about lunch. You, you missed this. I can do everything. And someone in here cynically said in their own soul, I can do some things. Pastor, you don't know my inability to do all the things God's called me to do. And you know my answer. I would say, then you don't know the power of my God who calls us, who enables us, who guides us, who provides for us because his spirit lives within me. That's what Jesus said. I'm gonna send the Holy Spirit. He's gonna live inside of you. I'm gonna live in, 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 inside of you. So when you leave this building today, you, you, if you're a follower of Christ, you get to take him with you. It's so cool. You brought him when you came, but by the way, he was already here because the worship team brought him in. No, 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 no. He was here when we unlocked the door. He loves being where he's welcome. And so everything that God's called you to do, some of you right now, he's called you to do some, some pretty big things. Some of you are in transition career-wise. Some of you are, are, are going to go back to work and get jobs. Some of you are dealing with school, and some of you are dealing with your kids, and some of you are dealing with grandkids, and some of you are dealing with knucklehead kids, and <clears throat> that's a Latin word, sorry. You know what it means in Latin? Knucklehead. It does. Stubbornness. And somebody sent me an email this week, and it said, talked about this person's life, and they ended by saying this, I guess it will always be like this for me. And it's like those, those, those words came off my computer screen. I guess it will always be like this for me. Didn't sound very hopeful, right? So guess what I gave them part of the sermon? Well, I want to tell you, it can't always be this way for you if you take this position. My confidence is in Christ and Christ alone. But my current situation, it looks like it's always going to be like this. No, 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 excuse me. My confidence is in Christ and Christ alone because his spirit lives within me. I can do everything he calls me to do. I can't do everything, but I can do everything he calls me to do. So what is Jesus doing? I'll tell you. Jesus right now wants every one of us to know whatever it is that we need right now, that's what he wants to provide. Yeah, but Lord, I I want all your spiritual gifts. Well, that's great, but you may not need that right in this moment. You might just need him to put his arms around you and comfort you. You might just need the assurance that he's with you. you. You just might need to, have his power to help your heart not be troubled today, that you would believe in him. All I know about Jesus is that he can do anything, period. He's able to do greater things than we even know. And I know he wants to do that in us, and for us, and through us, so would you pray with me? Matter of fact, I'm gonna give you a line. We don't do a lot of repetitive prayer around here, but I'm going to pray a prayer and I'll pause where you can repeat the words after me. Would you just say this? Jesus, I believe in you. Holy Spirit, I believe in you. Heal my unbelief. Holy Spirit, I welcome you into my life. I pray that you would become, I pray that you would become my constant companion and my closest friend. You know, dear ones, I pray that every day, if you're a follower of Jesus, that you would pray that prayer Holy Spirit, I believe in you. I pray that you would help my unbelief. Jesus, I would pray for each one here and those online as well that our lives would be a place that you can dwell in, that this church would be a place where we could encourage each other on this journey, that we would help us stand together to be united, that you would help us be who you call us to be, people that are filled with hope and peace, because of the difference that you've made in us. Hmm. I pray, God, that we would be able to allow you to stand beside us and fill us. Help us to be still, but not to stop. Help us to move forward and believe in you like never before. And Lord, if there's anyone here or watching online who've yet to give their life over to you, yet to believe that you're the Savior, and it's by the name of Jesus that we're saved. There's no other name under heaven by which men and women, boys and girls can be saved, but you are the Savior, Jesus Christ, the King of kings and Lord of lords. By your spirit, would you come? And by our faith, would you save us, set us free. We confess that you died on the cross, that you rose again from the dead. And we love you. And we welcome you. Holy Spirit, we welcome you in our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. Please visit us at mylfc.com for more information about our church. Thank you so much for listening.